This is the Going the Distance Podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got him in the top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is Elijah Spann. Today is July 7th, 2021. It is Wednesday night. We are live on Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, basically every form of social media we have right now. Make sure you guys follow us on everything. We are at GTD underscore sports on most social medias, but TikTok, we are at gtdsports.com. Follow our personal accounts. I'm over at Ryan Bennell 8 and Elijah is at Elijah Spans. If you want to keep up with all of our gambling picks, you can follow us over on the Action Network by just searching us by full name, and we should pull up there. And last but not least, make sure you guys subscribe to the GTD Sports newsletter for email notifications on podcasts, blogs, all that good stuff. But yeah, that is that. How are we doing this week, Elijah? I'm excited for this episode. Yeah, pretty good. Good 4th of July weekend. Um Went golfing. That was fun. Played probably my shoot? best. Um, you know, scores are relevant, but <laughs> yeah, um, okay. I had probably my most amount of good shots that I've ever had in any round that I've ever played. So that felt really good. Um, I had one shot with my nine iron that was like 140 yards out and ended up being like five feet from the pin. It was awesome. It's like that but, crack cocaine feeling. Yeah, but it was still for it. It was still for a bogey because my my tee shot went into the woods. So it was like, that was awesome, but it was kind of like. Too little, too a, late. Yeah, I got a bogey. So like, whatever. But it was the best bogey I've ever had. And Did you then, go golfing on the fourth? Yeah. That'd be fun. I should have done that. Oh, it's it's It was a good call. I did it last year too. It was nice. Right. Um, what were you about to say? And then highlight of the week, I guess new segment we're going to try out is just like, you know, one thing that we want to just highlight about our lives is that um, me and my little brother bought Jack and da- the Jack and Daxter series. Do you remember those games on PS2? I do, but I never really played them that much. But I know, never I know what you're talking them, about. No, I know so what you're I talking bought, about, though. I bought the I bought the OG Jack and Daxter bundle, which was like 40 bucks on PS4. And I've been grinding them. Is it like a remade version? It's like, yeah, they're a little bit remastered. So it's okay. like updated. It's like updated a little bit, but it's still like definitely PS2 graphics, and it's like unlocking memories I forgot I had like playing those games. So, Dude, I I've seen them do that too with other like classic PS2 games like uh, Skyrim. They put Sky or not Skyrim. What am I thinking? Spyro. Uh, you know Spyro. Oh yeah, the Spyro. Dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to love Spyro. They put in like Crash Bandicoot. They they mm-hmm. put that on PS4 too. Yeah, I like I that. The- I like whenever they do those with games. I got the Crash Bandicoot series. Old games are so much harder. They were like, because, like, you know, you didn't have like the checkpoints as often or like the save modes as often. Like you had a grind. If you lost it, you lost it. And I was thinking about it too, like on the Jack and Daxter series when I, it auto saves now because they updated it a little bit. But, you know, back in the day, um, if you didn't have your memory card in the PS2 or you forgot to yes. save, your whole yes. progress was lost. And like, I just realized that, you know, kids these days are never going to get to experience that. Dude, yeah, I'm having some, like, PTSD just thinking of that, bro. Yeah. Uh, I remember there would be games, like, 
even dumb games like Roller Coaster Tycoon, bro, where I would have like built an entire park in a day and then my PS2 just fucks up. Or what was that like? There was like a screen of death too, right? That just meant it was done forever. Or sometimes they would just freeze. Like if you just had like, if you just forgot to clean it and it wasn't, weren't very good at, you know, cleaning out your discs, um, it would just like fuck up. And then all your progress would just be ruined. Yeah, dude, fuck that. We've come a long way. Come We've a come a long way. way. But like, I, I guarantee like there's games on PS2 era where I've probably put in a hundred hours in as a kid, but never beat because I would just play the first two hours a hundred like a hundred times or whatever, <laughs> just because I was so bad at forgetting. Or like if you didn't have a memory card, you'd be mm-hmm. like, oh fuck. Or like if you brought a game over to your friend's house and you had like characters unlocked, but you forgot to bring your memory card. Yeah. Like I, we would label ours, you know what I mean? Like we would have like oh, specific yeah. with like pieces of tape and sharpie on them. Oh and everything. yeah, yeah, dude, the good old days. Think of the bro. past. Think of the past. Even as a kid, though, like I was, um, like I mean, I mentioned Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, but I still always like preferred sports games. I remember the first video game like that I really, really played was uh, NFL 2K5 when Donovan McNabb oh, really? and Terrell Owens and the Eagles were just OP. That was my shit. I played, I would say my first like grind with the experience with the sports game would be MVP baseball 05 with Mandy Ramirez on the cover. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I was I never, big into that. I didn't get into baseball games until later, but I mean, obviously I was missing out because I've been nonstop addicted to MLB The Show this year. Oh, dude, the show's up there with, like, best sports games of all time. Dude, it really is. Like, this, this I consider myself a sports video game connoisseur. I usually buy 2K, Madden, FIFA. I usually buy the latter every year almost. Um, this year I stopped. I, I really only bought FIFA and, and MLB. But, yeah, dude, I've been missing out, man. The show is so much fun. You got to get back yeah. on the grind, man. I want to play you again. Well, I'm just stuck at home with shitty internet. And so um, it's, it's just going to, like, that's only going to give me brain aneurysm or give me gamer rage. <laughs> so like, it's just not even worth it for my mental health yeah, to not fair. even get into it. So I can't. <laughs> what about you? What was your highlight of the week? Um, I don't have like a specific highlight per se, but you know, July 4th weekend, that's nice. Of course, got to see my family and everything. So that would be a highlight. Um, but other than that, uh, one of my favorite things was watching the match, uh, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, oh, yeah. And Bryson DeChambeau, that was, you know, golf a lot of times is really slow. Like, it's not necessarily made for TV. Um, there's a lot of, like, dead time. You know, you're kind of just flipping back and forth between who's shooting, like, especially on the early holes. But the match was, like, primetime television. It was, like, 100% catered for TV. Like, did you watch it at all? No, I didn't get to watch this year's, but I, I watched last year. So, like, I know what you're saying. Like, it's it's good TV. I did see the only part that I saw was that one like 777 yard par five and yeah. that Deshambo fucking cranked one. And he was like, Oh, I, I want to do it again. Like give me a mulligan. And he like begged Phil. I think he paid like, didn't he donate like a hundred grand to charity or some shit. I, so it was something. It. Yeah. I, I was yeah. like watching in and out, but yeah, they did a yeah. lot of donations like that. Yeah. He did. He did some kind of crazy donation just so he get a mulligan and get another tee shot just to like, I don't know, be all Bryson DeChambeau and get a really good shot. And he fucking shanked it on his second shot. And it was like so bad. Like the apex of it was 52 feet, which is. I saw that. Yeah. Curved straight left. And I was like, dude, you're an idiot. 
Hey, I mean, he he had a few shanks, but overall, Bryson played really well. Yeah, but he just, I don't know. He just kind of pisses me off. Yeah. He just kind of sucks. Yeah. I had a, I had a unit on um, Aaron Rodgers and DeChambeau to win just because I knew they were better golfers, but I didn't want to root for them because, like, why would you not want to root for Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady? I mean, it was so much better. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady can take your pick, but Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau. Left the all day. Oh yeah, all day. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't. I have nothing against Aaron Rodgers. I think another reason too was I was nervous uh, because, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau, they don't really have clear heads right now. You know, Aaron Rodgers has a whole Green Bay shit going on. Bryson has his whole being a little titty baby going on for him and stuff, just complaining about everything. But yeah, so I thought Phil and Tom maybe would have done it, but I don't know. It was fun nonetheless. I liked watching it. I was like watching that stuff. But no, match play is electric. Like the, um, I think it's the WGC Dell Championship. It's a match play tournament that they do in Austin, um, and it's usually like a week or two before the Masters. And it's okay. it's all it's match play for like that, but a real golf tournament. It's not stroke play. And it's awesome. Mm. I want to watch that. That does sound entertaining. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. We got a great episode planned for today. Got a lot of stuff to cover. We're going to start by talking about Shikari Richardson's situation in the United States Olympic track team, which is just, you'll see. I, I, I'm i annoyed with it. You'll see. But going to talk about Euro 2020 a little bit as the finals are set. Of course, you know, we can't go an episode without talking about the NBA finals because that is going on. The Suns are up 1-0 to right now as we speak. Joey Chestnut is an elite athlete. We're going to talk about Nathan's hot dog contest and everything that, you know, the world record, Joey Chet, just everything about Chestnut is awesome. So then we're going to break down NFL divisional odds. We're going to give our honest reaction. I haven't looked at it yet. I don't know if you have, Elijah, but I'm ready to give like a blind reaction to it and Give make it our picks there. What? I'm giving it a glance. Okay. And then we're going to end the episode with UFC 264, McGregor versus Poirier this weekend. It's going to be electric. I have not been this excited for UFC card probably since McGregor fought last. So it hasn't been that long. But And then, of course, last but not least, we have Love It or Loathe It, our favorite segment to end the episode. But before we do all that, let's get some Would You Rather questions in there. All right. You go ahead and go up first. I want to hear yours. All right. So most of our Would You Rathers are like, negative like would you rather have this shitty thing or this other shitty thing so i'm gonna change it up a little (laughs) bit and do like two cool things um so would you rather play for coach Saban at alabama or dabo sweeney at clemson that's that's a really tough question um obviously two of the best coaches in the country obviously um but at the same time obviously nick saban probably has a bit more accolades a bit more accomplished um that's tough i think as a human being like as a person i would want to be coached by Dabo Mm -hmm. because he seems like a lot more of a chill guy whereas saban is truly a hard ass like the clips of him yeah i mean i'm sure Dabo has his coach mode too but nick saban is hard and they're they're all assholes for sure every single college football head coach has to be an asshole yeah to some extent for sure Um, but if I think I I was a player, if I was a college football player and I had a full ride offer to Alabama and a full ride offer to Clemson, I'm taking Alabama. They have the national championships. 
You know, Nick Saban, I don't think he's going anywhere for a while. They're, they're so established. I just think you're destined for success if you go to Alabama, especially he's like a top-ranked recruit. So that, that's my pick. What, what about you? See, I've thought about this because, like, if you're going to spend four years at Bama, you're pretty much guaranteed a championship. If yeah. you're spending four years at Clemson, you're guaranteed contending for a championship, and you might get one. That is but also true. Kind of like you said, Saban's a hard ass, and you might just like your life and college experience a whole lot more if you go with Clemson because Dabba's just such a fun guy to be around, it seems like. It seems like his players love him a lot more, and Saban's more of like, we put up with this because he's the best and we respect him kind of deal. And so, Yeah, like, I do get that. But it's Dabba like, did have that uh, – incident where he kind of got called out for the racial thing do you remember that no he didn't, i didn't he didn't like say a racial slur or something but he like came out publicly and i forgot exactly what it was but he was saying something i think about like kneeling for the anthem that he like thinks it's stupid or uh, something and like a lot of his players got mad at him for that but other than that there's been literally nothing against Dabo. like if i was guaranteed to be a first round pick either way i'd probably go clemson really but if I was if I was to be if I was gonna be like okay, I know yeah. I'm gonna be a first rounder. Yeah, no, I get that. But yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. If I'm like it's such a tough question too, because like if you go to <laughs> Alabama and you're a starter, like you're gonna be drafted third round minimum, probably first round. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but also, you know, if you're not that five star recruit and you go to Alabama, you may be a third string for your entire career. And you're never gonna play. Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, well, I don't know. Clemson has had some guys, I feel like, where they get like three stars and four stars and or two and three Definitely. stars that like they're was that linebacker that played for them for forever, the white guy? Oh, I know, I know who you're talking about, but I don't I'm know. I'm picturing his, name. his face. Yeah, I know exactly what he looks like. Yeah. He wore the neck pad and everything. Yes, yes, yeah. Fucking name. Oh, uh, whatever. It, it's whatever, but what about him? Just, I don't know. He wasn't like a, a oh, talent, okay, like a yeah. big recruit, and then he played for Dabo for you know I don't know. He was like a leader on that defense. Yeah, I get what you're saying now. Two yeah. years. Yeah, now I get it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't know. Anyway, my question for you though is, what, <laughs> this is kind of a. Uh, I took this from uh, another clip I saw, kind of and like kind of twisted into my own. So, would you rather take a really really nice shit i'm talking like you've been holding it in all day you're dying to get to the bathroom and then you can finally get there and release the fluids and just be free right maybe i'm going a little bit too much on this but you get my point or yeah or would you rather your local wnba team win a championship Hmm. take a really nice shit (laughs) or have the dallas wings win it all both are historic moments honestly um i'm taking the shit <laughs> uh, you have to i mean yeah come on. yeah it's kind of like that that classic question would you rather fit find five dollars or have your WNBA team win the championship like I'm, yeah that's what i took it from i try to just think of something that wasn't nearly as satisfying but is still like satisfying yeah so i don't know that's that's what i came up with <laughs> No, uh, you know, I usually get some of my best reading done for the day on the toilet. So, like, that's also a plus. Um, if the Dallas Wings won it all, I probably wouldn't even read about it. I, would I probably wouldn't even know about it. Uh, yeah, it, it would probably be brought up 
like from the, I would only find out because it would be ESPN alert. I'd be like, oh, yeah. I didn't know they were playing for the championship. Yeah, or I didn't even I didn't even know their season started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a easy decision then. They are playing right now, I think. Oh, really? Well, yeah, I know the WNBA season's going on right now, but NBA's ESPN's just trying so hard to make that a thing. And well, I mean, I get it. I think I mean it should be a thing. Like it's just never gonna be near as popular, you know. I'm just I'm just not gonna watch it. Yeah, I'm never probably <laughs> you know? never gonna watch it. I, just, as I'm much as not. I respect it, you know, like I have nothing against it. Hundred percent respect for all the athletes. It's boring. It, I'm, you I, know, it's yeah, boring. it's boring. It's boring. Um, you know, but I, I think that's great that you know college athletes can find ways to make money at the professional level and get to be called professionals. But like same time, like I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah. So. All right. Well. Moving, switching gears here a little bit. If you haven't heard, I'm sure you know about the Shikari Richardson situation. Yeah, if you haven't heard, you've been living under a rock. Yeah, this, yeah, I'm going to explain it anyway, just, you know, have some context before we really talk about it. So, Shikari Richardson is a sprinter. She's a track star. She's a runner. She's a track star. I was just about to say that. (laughs) But she's really good. I'm talking like one of the best in the world. She would have medaled at the Olympics. She set an NCAA record as a freshman at LSU with a 10.75 100-meter sprint, which is insane for her age. And she qualified for the Olympics this past month, right, with a 10.86 time. And a couple weeks later, she tested positive for chemicals that are found in marijuana, a.k.a. weed, a.k.a. ganja, whatever you want to say. And the United States Anti-Doping Agency and the United States Track and Field Team gave her a 30-day ban from all competition, which she accepted because, I mean, what else are you going to do, right? But here's the kicker now. This is more recent news, too. This, like, came out yesterday, I believe. Um, Originally, her 30-day ban was going to end a week before the 4x100 relay races, right? So she wouldn't be able to compete in the individual 100-meter sprint but she still would have been able to run in the relays, but don't know what happened. Uh, they said they didn't, they didn't put her on the roster. She got left off the team. So she's not going to the Olympics. Fucking so I have a very unpopular opinion on this situation. Oh, I'm scared. I don't feel any sympathy for her. Oh dude. All right. We're, I, we can okay. Argue about so, it. so I do feel bad. Let's because get it. She did have her mom die and that sucks, but yeah. That's the fact that she was like, oh, I, you know, my mom died. So I did this is kind of like, okay, I, I don't agree with that. Um, okay. That, but that, that should, that, that reason was no, only honestly, so she could say something to the public. I feel like, you know, yeah, what else she is she going to say? I smoke weed. Honestly. Yeah. If she, no, if she said that, I would have been more on her side. I've been like, yeah, a lot of people like to smoke weed, whatever. Like, I get that. But the fact that she was like trying to like play the victim in this situation, it's like, no, you're not the victim. You really she aren't. You're a victim. She you're, wasn't, you're, 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 she, she's the victim of her own choices. But she never played the victim per se. You know, she tweeted, I am human. And she 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 openly admitted, I did this. You know what I mean? She never really was like, this is bullshit. She never argued her ban or anything. Yeah. I just don't feel bad for her. It's because it's like, you're fucking like, you know, like, Okay, yeah, the rule's kind of stupid, but like it's still the rule. You know, if you smoke weed or you, if you ingest, you know, if you have it in your system, you're not gonna be able to get to go to the Olympics. And she did it anyway. Like you're a fucking idiot. That's okay. For that reasoning, you are right. 
That is the only thing where I think it is a dumb, it, that's the only dumb part about this whole situation. But what's even dumber than that is the fact that they drug test for weed in the first place. Like, I don't understand why weed is even under the United States doping agency's jurisdiction. Like, how is that considered doping? You know what I mean? I, yeah. I just don't get why weed would be one of the drugs they test for, for runners, you know? Cause you know, I made a TikTok about the situation too, explaining like, you know, her ban and everything that she accepted. But like I said in that, if weed were to make people faster, I would be a goddamn Olympian, bro. I would have already won multiple Olympic medals. So, so I just whoa. don't get that. It's that like one, it's like a, it does offer some benefits when you're working out, but it's not enough to warrant the ban. And this is probably the situation to make this, the rules change. Honestly, it probably has just been left in there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it's yeah. probably, it's probably just been because, you know, I don't know. Every, a lot has changed with marijuana laws in the past four years and they probably just, you know, just haven't gotten to it yet. And this is probably the situation to change it. But I mean, it's saying it's a performance enhancing drug. I mean, um, there is some benefits to it, I guess, to when you're smoking weed, it's for like soreness and um, muscle spasms and like joint pain and all that. So it helps with that. So I guess maybe that's what they're trying to say. That isn't really a performative advantage. So I don't know. But like it, it, I've heard that maybe blood flow is something that it helps with your muscles. I don't know. I'm yeah. just trying to. I, I get that. what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Like it does help you like, right. With like the recovery process, especially, you know, muscle yeah. soreness, all of that. But that that's, I think that's kind of a gray it shouldn't area. Be a rule, but like all these people saying like, Oh, like that's bullshit. Like let her run. It's like, no, like she fucked up. She, she doesn't did. get to do it. She, but I still, I still think you should let her run because I just, I just don't think like you're telling me, bro, the no, Olympics are, off are the, smoking weed. The fucking no, they're all smoking weed. Who cares? Like, but it's like, but that's not, it's they made sure that that got taken out. Yeah, like that's so still another part thing of their about rules. it though. Another like, thing about know. it, you're right. You do have to know. She should have known those were the rules. She but did another know thing, they were the rules. Another thing is she smoked in a legal state in Oregon is where she consumed it. And so, how is the United States government basically going to be like, hey, yeah, this is okay. You do that. Do your thing. It's but then. Still technically federally illegal so you're right probably. you're right but it's just kind of ironic that like it's okay there but then now that it's on a global stage and like you said maybe they'll have to like adjust policies and whatnot maybe they'll take that out of the testing protocol but if that were the case i feel like that's going to get a lot more complicated because uh you know globally weed is not very accepted you know like nah. in, in other countries they they don't they don't play around with that shit. They don't care about no. the medical benefits at all. They just see it as a drug. Yeah. So well, I don't know how it would affect that. And that's part of my reasoning too, is that like people really forget like weed culture. It kind of forgets that weed is still a substance. Like this isn't something to be abused, but I don't know. I have a very different, very conservative view about weed, but that's family history stuff. Um, I, but that's just kind of looping around back to, because of that, I just, I really don't feel bad for it. I, I just, I just think See, that I, I I don't feel bad for her in the sense that you're right. She should have known, but bro, she's 21 years old. She exactly. Was that's she was more, on top of the world, bro. Just let her that's run. That's more the reason too. That's more the reason why I'm like almost just kind of like, 
I don't want to say frustrated at her, but it's just like, dude, you're so stu- like you literally threw away your chance for so much money over some fucking pot. Over I some get pot. that aspect. I get like, that. That's so stupid. You know how easy it is to not smoke pot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um. Anyway, <laughs> you know how theoretically easy that's. What, I mean, for all the people that are actually addicted to weed, but say that it's not a drug. Yeah. <laughs> Those no, well, fucking people. You know, like you know, you're right. Okay, I can't, I can't argue with that. She did technically throw it away to some extent, but I think where what I value more than that is the fact that it's just bullshit. They're testing for weed in the first place. So, as much as you are right, as much as you are right, she shouldn't have done it. I think because of how dumb it is that they test for weed in the first place, they should still let her run. But it's not going to happen. Like it, it's no. it's done for. And then, like, a part of that, too, is kind of what you said is, like, yeah, maybe if the U.S. anti-doping agency changes, like, what is the IOC going to do? Yeah, exactly. That's, so that's a whole nother thing. Um, that's a tricky situation. So that's it's probably not going to get changed because, like you said, the whole – the rest of the world doesn't view weed like we do. Like, in Europe, like, they, they hey, look at it. Netherlands, man. Netherlands I mean, all day. Netherlands, <laughs> they, they don't give shit out there. You can do whatever you want. But yeah. most of the world like, – especially in, like – Japan, where she was going, Japan is, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure, like, the Asian countries look very much down upon weed. Yeah, I've seen, like, like on TikTok you smoke, even. Yeah, wait, if what, you smoke weed, you're a fucking loser. Yeah, it there. is. Uh, I've seen, like, TikTok say that, like, trying to find, like, a gram is, like, $70 yeah. in Japan. And it's, like, if you get caught with it, you're not just you're going to jail, fucked. bro. You're fucked for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Which is, it's so weird, but... I don't know. To each their own. I mean, I get it. It's you know, it's mind altering, whatnot. But it's a psychoactive uh, drug. But like, yeah. I don't know. At the I same time, too, like it is, it is just weed. So like, you know. But there's, it's it's like there's a give and a take, and sometimes you have to be like, yeah, it's just weed, and other times you have to be like, you do have to realize this is a substance that alters your brain, and you have to treat it as such. Well, like the NBA, they don't drug test for weed. They can smoke all they want. That's because they made sure that, to put that in their CBA because they have power. Yeah, but power. it's like they wanted to have it. Well, I know you're right, but if like if that's not mind altering, if that's not hurting anything with the league, then why is let's maybe even move on from the Olympics? Why is that a thing in the NFL? You know, why does that? I'm matter? pretty sure the NFL just changed it. Did they really? The, yeah, the weed thing. Yeah. To what? Yeah, they don't they don't drug test for weed anymore. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they changed that last year, like just last year. Hold on. But I mean, now that you bring it up, like Percy Harvin just came out and said in support of Shikari that like there wasn't a game that he played in where he wasn't high. So it it, it works for some people. Like it really does. Like, like some Josh people, Gordon. Yeah, Josh Gordon. When he he was high every single game where he led the receipt the, the yeah. league in receiving when he only played twelve games. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And he said he played every game at Baylor Cross too, out of yeah. his mind. But yeah. so the new the new drug test policy is that they don't test for THC in players from April twentieth to August 9th. So basically, from four twenty until the beginning of like camps and stuff, you can smoke all you want. Yeah. Okay. That and that's usually how it's been too for a long time. They're like, like players know when they're gonna te- gonna get tested and when they're not gonna get tested. And baseball yeah. too. Baseball doesn't drug test for weed. My one of 
one of my friends that played college ball, he said that he would get high before every single game. That was his part of the ritual. So like some people like say it helps them. Yeah, some people say it helps them, but like I don't know. I I think it does, but I mean some people get locked again. In. Yeah, I mean, again, I played, it's just a different like I played sports high before. Yeah, I mean I, I used to play basketball like half the time like that. Yeah. Sometimes so, my I best mean, games, you know, sometimes my best games were, you know. When you're yeah, I mean sauce. But still, it's like it's the rule and you're stupid for even doing that because you know weed stays in your system. Like you if you like yeah, you can't you can't beat beat out a piss test. <laughs> I guess, yeah, well, not, I'm sure they probably even do like hair follicle or something for the Olympics. They probably do a lot, a lot. I like, I'm pretty know, sure more intense. I'm pretty sure all the like the testing with that is just all urine tests. Because all the all the the Russian scandal deal that was all over urine samples. Yeah, they don't do hair. They don't. I don't think they do hair. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. But like you know. Any other drug, it's gonna get out of your system in one one to two days with urine samples. But weed, that shit stays in your system. It's like you know if you take that shit, and it builds even up. Even if too. it's in, yeah, and it builds up too. So you know, like if it's a week, you're fucked. Like yeah. you have to, you have to know that. It's they say thirty days, but it's different for body fat. You know, every yeah, every but person's different. But that's a whole nother every conversation. Person's di- that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But fact of the matter is that shit stays in your system. Like you, yeah. you have to fucking know. Like I don't know. So in conclusion, in conclusion, she made some mistakes, but like the in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it should have been something to make a mistake on in the first place. Yeah. So, like, don't cost your Olympic career over weed. Yeah, I mean, she'll probably be in the next Olympics. But that will that's that's the thing is you know runners they're. There are times I know you know Usain Bolt went bit. to what three or four Olympics, but like mm-hmm. runners' time like lifespan isn't necessarily the longest. No, nah, it's not very long. So it's yeah. probably I mean she probably costs half or a third of her career. Literally, yeah. yeah, literally. Over, Which is, over and you know who pot. who she probably would have won the gold medal honestly. She um, probably would have. I think so. She, she ran ten six eight, and I think she had some competitors that were in that range too. So like. She okay. was in. She was in contention for the gold. Okay, yeah. I just would have wanted to see it, you know. Damn. All right. Well, anyway, moving on from one global competition to the other, not necessarily global, just European. But Euro 2020 has been going on. The semifinals just finished up today. England beat Denmark in extra time, two to one today, which sets up our final matchup between England and Italy. I'm hyped. The semifinal games were absolutely insane. You know, the Italy game went into PKs. England went into overtime. It's been a hell of a tournament so far. I know you're not the biggest soccer fan, but you told me you've been watching some of it. I watched the two semifinal games. And hell they're, yeah. They were cool. Um, I kind of, as much as exciting PKs are, it's kind of a pussy-ass way to win a game. It is. No, you're right. You're right. It's so, I think it's so subjective. You know what I mean? You could do a, a penalty shootout a hundred times. And one team wins 50 times, the other teams win the other 50. Like, it really is. Yeah. With the quality of the players and, like, the quality of the goalkeepers, anything could happen. But like I will the, say it's been surprising that there's been a lot of missed penalties this year. Like, just a lot. Yeah. Well, like, the game-winning kick for Italy, that was, like, that was a really easy one to defend. The goalie just went the wrong way. It was he cheeky, just guessed yeah. Wrong. Yeah, it was cheeky. Just guessed wrong. 
Yeah. So like, I you know, as a goalie but, though for PKs, you like I've seen interviews even where goalies you know kind of explain their process, uh, and a lot of times they say before the penalty kicks start, they decide which direction they're going on for which kick. So like before the first shot is even fired, they're like, I'm going right, left, middle, left, left. Like you know what I mean? Like they they just know yeah. what they're doing because. With the speed, like the power and the accuracy of these shots, if you don't jump immediately, you have no You're chance. Yeah. yeah, you have no chance. But it's it's insane whenever keepers make not only one save, but if you save two penalties out of five shots, that's absurd. And I don't know if you watched uh, Euros going on right now, but also Copa America. Um, mm-hmm. the, the semifinals just happened, and Argentina was in penalties with Colombia. And Argentina's keeper saved two in a row. And it was like, it was just insane. And they got to the final. And so now we have a Brazil versus Argentina final. Dude, I'm so excited, bro. These finals yeah. are so fucking good. I, I will say, too, that England's game winner was kind of a pussy ass way to win the game, too. Oh, I was, I'm, I am like a fake England fan because I root for a Premier League team. I kind of yeah. just root for England every time they're on. Well, and uh, as Americans, it's like the closest thing we have to, uh, national team to root for in yeah, a lot of ways. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But Unless, like, that penalty, though, I was rooting for them, but that penalty kick at the end was not a penalty. That was the weakest call yeah. I've seen and, in a long time. And I was kind of pissed because I put a live bet on 10, 10 to win 60 for England to win in PKs, but then they won off that, which was very disappointing for me because I thought for a second after it went, you know, full because I put it in the 50th minute mm-hmm. and so like i was like oh my god like it's actually gonna hit like i'm a genius and then I it was fun. worth a shot i mean honestly worth a shot yeah it was with the way player. most of the tournament games have been going they wouldn't have been a bad pick i had a, uh, I had a unit on the over but the over was only two so it, it pushed because you know it went to overtime one to one but i don't know stalkers I just can't hit a soccer bet to save my life. The only ones I've ever hit is those 75th minute unders. Bro, my record in the Euro is, I think, 15, 7, and 2. And I'm up 500 on just the Euro alone. Yeah, that's stupid. So, honestly, I should just retire from everything and only bet soccer for the rest of my life. Probably. That's what it sounds like. Sounds Don't like you it, make yeah. most of your money from soccer bets, too? Yeah, I do honestly and the nba ironically you know what's stupid is the nfl is what i like to say is my favorite and the the one i follow the most but i'm i'm dumb as shit when it comes to the nfl i can't win a bet dude i'll i'll go either way like i'll have those weeks where like i'm a fucking like especially ncw with college ball too like i'll have those weeks where i'm just like i can't miss and then those other one weeks where i'm like i can't hit like this is, yeah. but that's just gambling in general, though. Yeah, for sure. I went well. Actually, college football last year, I, I did okay. I, uh, you know, like I write for Frogs of War, and so I did a yeah. uh, a series, kind of like my best bets every week. And I think my final record at the end of the season was a hundred and twenty five and a hundred and eleven, something like that. Well, that's pretty good. So yeah, I, I was like positive. I was really happy with it. I, I was positive. And it was a shit ton of picks. So, <laughs> yeah, I was really good at hitting parlays in college ball, dude. That's one thing. I football do really parlays good. are the best, bro. Those are the best. Those really are. I almost hit a five legger, but it was two points away, 
I was two points away on the spread. So the team I picked to win, it was like plus eight and a half, and they won by six. That's painful. It was 10 to win 200. I was like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I know this isn't necessarily related to the podcast, but I think I may not be doing, uh, I may, I'm kind of leaning towards not doing drumline next year. So I may be able to experience football games as a student. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that'll be fun, especially for your senior year too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. But at the same time, I have like one more year, so I don't know. And you know, four thousand dollars scholarship is pretty nice. Yeah, it goes a long way with TCU's money with TCU does, yeah. tuition. So anyway, though, all right. So back to the Euro, Italy, England final set. I know you haven't watched a lot, but you watched the semifinal. What's your prediction? So England's trying to bring it back home and Italy has colors on their jerseys. And I think that's the funniest fucking thing I think I've ever seen because it's like, I was thinking about it. Like it is, it makes so much sense that Italy is the country to have collars and be the fancy ones and the fashionable ones in Europe for their jerseys. What do you think? What's what sports city in America would be the ones that have collars on their jerseys? Hmm. Probably like San Francisco. San Francisco? They're fashionable, I feel like. Well, it's not necessarily just an Italian thing. Like, look, hold on. Doesn't a lot of Serie A teams do it? Yes, yeah. Serie A is very popular. But it's like, here's my – I have an Arsenal jersey. We we had a caller one year. Okay. But well, you're it's, right. It's pretty it much is, an Italian thing. It is Italian way more soccer. way more common in Italy, yeah. And that's like where most of the best fashion comes from in the world. Like Ray-Bans, fucking Italian suits. Yeah. Gold wrist chains for monsters. I assume are you rocking with Italy then because of the collars? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going with England. (laughs) I'm going with England. I I think Italy, it's really a 50-50. It's kind of a coin toss. But like you said, it's coming home. It's time. England hasn't been in a major tournament final since 1966. And this is the year. Football's coming home. They're going to do it. Italy, like I said, they're a good team, but they had a bit of an easier path than England. Um, I mean, they did beat Belgium, so props to them on that. But I think that if France didn't get upset by Switzerland out of the blue in the first round, then France probably would have made it to the final. So with that being said, I'm sticking with England. It's coming home. Three lions all the way. Yeah. I mean, I could rock with that. What about uh, Copa America, Neymar versus Messi? Oh, really? Yeah. Argentina? Yeah, dude. I'm so hype. I, I seriously, like, couldn't tell you. I don't know much about – I haven't even – like, I've been, like, kind of keeping up with the Euro, but, like, I haven't even glanced at um, the Copa America. It's definitely not as uh, entertaining because, you know, with Copa America, there's literally – Brazil, Chile, Argentina, and Colombia. The rest are ass. Like, it's literally not even a competition. Yeah, Peru, Uruguay, El Salvador. Like, those are... Yeah. Actually, Uruguay isn't terrible. um, But just in comparison to Argentina and Brazil, they're going to get clapped every time. Yeah, they're going to get clowned. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that's that for soccer. Dude, I'm so happy, bro. I will say though, I had I I was really entertained. I watched I watched more of the Italy Spain game than I did the England game today, um, and I was watching that game and I didn't have any action on it. I was very entertained. 
It was a so, good game. The, yeah. the England Denver. It was a good game, like the whole time. It was very electric. Like the fans were getting involved. There was a lot of chances created. It was it was a fun game. Like I think I don't know. I think it was you. We talked about like how boring it is for a zero zero game to happen. Yeah. Well, so um, look at look is, at that game. It does suck. But that was one one, and there was. I know. Like, I know it was one one. But think of how much Italy, time Spain there was game. without scoring. That's true. So like, like for the. Italy Spain game, there was one goal that was like fucking electric. Oh, I think yeah. it was Italy's goal. The kick, it was like a high kick. Yeah. Was Italy's, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering it correctly. It was Italy, yeah. But then, I mean, Denmark's goal today was did you see their free kick? Nah, that I didn't was get insane, to see it. I was working too. So, like, okay, yeah, fair to, enough. I didn't get to watch it for much of it. Yeah, but I, I'm excited. It's It's been a good tournament. The finals are going to be awesome. I'm probably going to lay some juice. On somebody, don't know if it'll be England yet, but probably. Yeah. That's my yeah. pick for for now. Right. As of now. So- soccer's warming more. I'm warming more and more up to it. That's good. That's you know, it's a slow process. I think it really took me like when I first started getting into soccer, it probably took me a full a full season, like almost a year, to really understand like everything, like how each league works, like how Champions League works, you know, how the national yeah. breaks work, like how the transfer market um the contracts it's all different it's it's very yeah. very different i so mean I have, loose, time. I have a loose understanding of that because of fifa but it's like mm-hmm. i don't know I, part of my reason too is i don't have a team i've always That's played with true. real madrid and fifa but i don't know if i want to make a spanish team my team because like i don't know i just i will tell you i feel like epl is the best league yeah, I was gonna say i will tell you you will like if you want to have a team and like watch their games you will 100% be much more entertained by picking a Premier League team. Like, and I've watched a couple of a series, Serie A and um, uh, the Bundesliga games. Mm-hmm. And like, they were okay. Like, especially the German league. I was like, this is like, I watched like Bayern versus Dortmund. I was like, this is cool. It's like the best rivalry for that country. But like, I don't know. The way the Germans play the game is a very different brand of football. It and is. I, yeah. I, I've noticed that. Um and the Serie A, I don't know. I just, I just wasn't that engaging. But like the few EPL games that I've watched, I'm like, this is like the shit. This is yeah, the way to go. For soccer. It is the most. Uh, it's the most competitive league because, like, in Germany, it's like you said, it's always Bayern, Dortmund, they're at the top. In Spain, mm-hmm. it's always Barcelona, Real Madrid, they're at the top. With France, PSG, they're at the top. But with the Premier League, there's a new top six almost every year. You know, like yeah. the teams are. I mean, of course, there's like the dynasties, like Manchester City. You could call them a dynasty right now. They've been killing mm-hmm. it. Liverpool got really good all of a sudden, but it doesn't it doesn't last. Like it's not like a all time domination kind of thing. So, and it's also fun because the the team that's in twentieth place can beat the team in first place any day. Like it happens mm-hmm. all the time. So, and it doesn't really happen in other leagues as much. But that's I'm a little yeah. bit of a homer. You know, I like the Premier League so. That's my reasoning on it, but I think you should find a team. I mean, I'll, I'll sway you to That's Arsenal. what I'm saying. I, you know, I was thinking about that, but you're already a fan of Arsenal. I think it'd be fun if I picked a different team. Plus, you complain <laughs> about being an Arsenal fan all the time. So if I get to pick a team for the first time in my life, why not make it a team that's really good and not give me heartbreak? So what I have to say about that is right now is probably the worst time in a long time to be an Arsenal fan. It's the first time in three decades we haven't qualified for European competition. We had the least amount of points in league play in, I think, 24 years. Um, 
Yeah, so not the best time to be an Arsenal fan, but what I will say about it is if you are an Arsenal fan, like starting right now, it's only up from here, baby. We can't get any worse. We're, we are at rock bottom for Arsenal standards. So it's going to happen Chelsea soon. just won. Chelsea just won the UEFA, so I'm thinking about Chelsea. The Champions League? Yeah. You know, U- UEFA is the organization. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but I'm just just so you know, UEFA they have is Pulisic. the organization. Yeah, they do have Pulisic. Pulisic is the best American. I don't know I see any other player player on that team. I could see he was a Chelsea fan, which is gross, but I gotta rock with it. You just gotta I, watch I a few I'm games, gonna, you know. I gotta start I gotta start watching some Chelsea games to decide if I want to be I gotta know their fan base first, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh so English gonna, like Premier League research. Twitter is is popping. Okay, I'm going to do some research. When When is the EPL season starting in? Yeah, well, anyway, we're going to move on from uh, Euro and go ahead and get into some NBA Finals talk. The Phoenix Suns right now are up 1-0 on the Bucks. Game two is tomorrow night. I'm loving this series. Two small market teams. I don't think anybody would have predicted this at the beginning of the season. But I will say, Colton, when he came on our podcast, he picked the Suns and you you picked the Bucks as your dark horse team. I did. I did pick the Bucks as my dark horse team. That felt really good. I also picked the Nuggets out of the West. Um, I think the Suns were his dark horse team too, but he picked the Lakers Nets like you did for his. I thought he had real pick. Oh yeah, you're right. Suns were his dark horse. Yeah, yeah. So I feel really good that my legit pick had was the only one to not have the Lakers. And also, too, I'm going to just go ahead and say it was pretty much the Suns because as soon as the Suns beat the Lakers and won game one of the Nuggets, I instantly became a Suns fan. So I'm going to take credit for that one as well. Um, And then the the Dark Horse pick, I felt really good about that. That also happened because of maybe some injuries. Um. (laughs) Yeah, well, a lot of people have been like kind of complaining about the Suns, just their playoff path in general. Because, you know, they played the Lakers without LeBron and AD fully healthy. Um, next round, they played the Nuggets, who didn't have Jamal Murray. You know, then they played the Jazz. Well, the Jazz series, there wasn't necessarily big injuries, but. I mean, the Clippers. Oh, the sorry. Clippers yeah, Kawhi. Clippers. Yeah, fuck. I don't know why I thought they played the Jazz. Yeah, Clippers didn't have Kawhi. So, yeah, they did kind of have an easier path. But I think they would have won anyway. I really do. It's just kind of a weird year. It is. I've, have you seen like the players talking about how uh, this year's ring is more of like a fake ring than last year? Yeah, he brought that up before. But wasn't that just like LeBron being LeBron? It, more players have, have come out about that and stuff. I, I couldn't name him off the top of my head, but I've seen like multiple players speak out about that. But it seems like it's only happening after their team loses. Yeah, know? I was about to say, that's kind of bullshit. That just sounds like reasons to disqualify the Suns and kind of give themselves a free pass for not winning it. Be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe that's more reason to respect the Suns is because everyone tries to keep making excuses of why they didn't do it. And the Suns yeah, exactly. battled through adversity to get through here. I'm already saying this too, like the Suns are going to win. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say it. Suns are going to win this NBA championship. Oh, I really I guarantee it. 100%. Yeah, last time you guaranteed something, it didn't go well, but I'm with you on this one. Scouts honor. It's happening. Yeah. Wait, what did I get last time? 
Um, you guaranteed that the Jazz were going to beat the Clippers, and you oh, guaranteed <laughs> that. Um, I'm pretty sure you guaranteed that uh, the Nets were going to. Oh, you guaranteed that the Sixers were going to beat the Hawks too. Oh, I did. You're right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm over two on my guarantees, but this one I'm confident about. This one I'm really no, confident I, it's, about. It's going to happen. It's probably, hopefully, in four. So the Suns in four guy can keep having his moment because yeah. that, that's be awesome. a meme that should live on for the rest of the offseason. But until if I it. see if I see more Suns and four shit by next year, it's going to get annoying. You're right, but like I but, said last episode, he's the oh, face of the organization, bro. Right now, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'm. I'm waiting for Suns fans. Suns fans are like, or the Suns organization in general is like in this period of grace where the, they're really lovable right now. But I wonder how long that's going to last after this championship. That's true. They are definitely one of the more likable fan bases. I mean, they've never really, even on like NBA Twitter and whatnot, the Suns fans are never super Nobody toxic. hates the Suns. Yeah, nobody does. And I mean, everybody loves Devin Booker. If you love basketball, chances are you love Devin Booker. Yeah, he's like the least hated guy. Yeah, I feel like. Nothing or wrong. the least hated star. <clears throat> yeah, and then which is another thing, you know, what if they win? What if he becomes a hated star? Because that seems to happen like at some point in these players' career. Like, even jo- Joel Embiid, I know he's, like, completely different position and everything, but he started killing it, and he has controversy. Like, there are people that kind of shit on him for no reason. Yeah, but those are those are just, like, haters that anybody else gets. I feel like Joel Embiid is mostly likable in general. Yeah, you're and right. Then, no, I mean, you're right. But, I agree. But you want to hear something crazy? Um, what is it? So, for the Suns... Three finals finals appearances in their existence. One was 1976, other was 1993 with Charles Barkley, and now 2021. Um, and this made me feel old for some reason, but the 1976 and 1993 are closer together in years than 1993 to now. Dude, that is weird. So it was like 18 years apart between 76 and 93, and like 28 for 1993 until now dude that's really weird that fucking, isn't that weird it just made that, me feel weird yeah that doesn't necessarily make me feel old but it like it just makes me it's feel like, like weird about how fast time has gone you know what i mean well because like i was born in 98 and i still feel like you know we really know we can still see the effects of 90s culture like with our parents i guess but like 76 just seems like a different planet but like you i could still yeah. feel like the 90s i guess like i'll watch a a 90s movie a 90s movie and not think of it as like an old classic movie really like i can turn on pulp fiction no problem but like yeah. if i were to turn on a 70s movie i'd be like wow like i'm really watching this old ass movie right now yeah that's true i mean even even movies in the 80s like back to the future i don't really consider that like a crazy you know forever ago movie but yeah it, it is like it really is that's like I don't know. I put '80s movies in like their own category, honestly. Yeah, fair enough. But I don't know. I just thought that was crazy. And thought that is weird, dude. Mentioned. We yeah. have the Suns. They've just been so bad for our entire life. Like literally, they've they haven't been relevant. Well, they had Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, and then since then, nothing. Yeah, you're right. So they they were they were they were a decent team at one point. They could just never beat the Spurs. Yeah, they've never made a deep playoff run that i can remember at least in my lifetime yeah 
This is the golden era of Phoenix basketball. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Michael Bridges, they need to ride with it. And one thing, too, is that Arizona as a state and Phoenix as a location gets such a bad rap, dude. Arizona is actually fucking dope. Like, they have mountains and shit. Um, Like, I don't know. It's just, I feel like before I ever went to Arizona, I just thought it was like the butthole of America. And I went and it was really pretty. It's really I, I've awesome, been once so. too. I went to uh, I went to Phoenix whenever TCU made the Fiesta Bowl in like 2011, and I went. and Phoenix is honestly like one of my favorite major cities I've been to. It's I I really liked it. I don't know. I liked the hiking the mountains it's and everything. Nice. It's different too. Like just like the way the neighborhoods look and all that. It's different for sure. I'm a fan. It of does it, get balls ass hot though. Question um for you though is uh, what will this finals matchup do for next season? Because I think it's kind of been glossed over a little bit. Like how, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but just how massive, how impactful having two small market teams in the playoffs could be. Because what I'm thinking about is for free agency and everything. Like what if shit blows up? So I've kind of wondered that myself is like, does this mean the super team era is going to be done away with. And like, I think it's a yes and a no because yes, because we're starting to see a lot of the, the older stars, I guess, um, get older and, you know, are past their prime prime, you know, they're Mm -hmm. still in their, I guess, prime, but like not their best days are gone. Like KD's best day as a pro are gone. LeBron's best days as a pro are gone. You know, James Harden's best days gone. Yeah. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of the younger stars come into fruition, like Booker, Luca, um, Giannis, I guess, could be coming together with that group. And they're, I feel like these are all guys that are going to sign deals and stay with their team for a long time and try to oh, do yeah. something with their own team that they got drafted from. So I feel like the next generation of stars is going to stay homegrown for the most part. And so that's that's one of the reasons why I think so. But another reason that makes me cautious about it is that the Nets are probably going to win the championship next year. And that might change what we're thinking about right now. Yeah. I like, I like that though. I like what you said about that. You know, I think uh, I agree. I think the newer generation of all-stars definitely seem to have more loyalty in the sense that they want to build a name for themselves at that city. Like Trey young, definitely for Atlanta, Luca, definitely for Dallas, like hundred percent. So what I'm, thinking about though is just like i guess i guess it would have to be like multiple years so like you're right if the nets win the championship next season it could you know go back to like the whole super team idea and everything but maybe my philosophy is if there's another championship next year with small market teams maybe the super team era could take a dent you know what i mean like maybe coaches will realize this isn't the move or something you know or gm so honestly the way that i was I was thinking about it is that the five years after the Lakers championship. So this year and the next four years, taking into account how many of those were small market or homegrown teams and how many of those were quote unquote super teams. And so if three out of the two were, you know, small market teams or homegrown teams, then we're going to see a transition more back to that to see more clarity with the league. And I think it's just better in general because like, 
I will say when Katie went to the Warriors, I like I'm pretty I didn't watch like a single game in the playoffs those two years. I really I, I did I watched the playoffs, but I didn't I didn't give a shit about the regular season, dude, because it, it just wasn't fun. But I no, know for sure you really watched the, the finals that year though. I know for sure you watched the finals. Cavs Warriors. No. What? You did dude, they came back from no, down I had, when they had when they had KD, well, that was I watched it that year. That was before the Warriors got KD. Oh, that was one year before. You're right. Yeah, that was one year. Yeah, before. so I watched that one, of course. But like at, when the Warriors got KD, I was like, I don't give a fuck about this sport anymore. I was so yeah. mad. I was so mad. It like it yeah. literally ruined basketball for me for a while. And then he left, and so it's gotten better. Hopefully, they don't go back to it again because like, and KD's still kind of trying to do it, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we see it back because I think I, I just feel like it's better that way. Well, so I think like you said, if we look at like, you know, the past two or three years, if it's a, a super team versus a, a homegrown team, you know what I mean? Like I, I have a list of the most recent champions. And of course, you know, the Warriors are literally, you know, <laughs> one, two, three, three out of the last five. So <clears throat> that's kind of crazy still. But anyway, do, would you consider though like the Warriors a homegrown team because they had Steph, you know, Clay? That wasn't necessarily a super team in the making, but then whenever KD came, it kind of changed everything. Yeah, the, I mean, before they were like one of my favorite teams in the NBA to watch. Like, I love their story, honestly. Like, I love you know, not an NBA fan out there doesn't love Steph Curry. Um, yeah. So I mean, I was a big Steph fan, and then. They had that great, amazing year where they won 73 games and they did it because they were so deep. And then they added KD. And then after that, I was like, well, fuck this team. Like, honestly, <laughs> I still like Steph. I still like Clay. I mean, you know, Draymond Green's Draymond Green, but it's just like the, the organization as, as a whole, it's like, that's just cheating. You're already making the best team and adding the second best player in the league at that point. Same thing again, like with the, the Raptors, even when they won in 2018, uh, would that be considered because they picked up Kawhi, you know, really just for that run? But other than that, they were team because, yeah, I mean, they were less of a super team because, like you said, like for the most part, like Kyle Lowry, they had was Obinobi on the team. OG, um, and no, I don't think he was uh, drafted yet. Okay, or was that his rookie year? I think OG Ananobi was drafted in 2019. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, no, he's, you're right. No, he was drafted in 2017. Yeah, he was on that team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, I mean, they had like, it was just Kawhi and they traded, you know, their second best player or probably their best player, DeMar DeRozan, yeah. for Kawhi. He was their best player. You know, so it was like, uh, they get more of a pass. They're just more of a, a team that got built. You're you know, right. Yeah. Not just a team that just fucked around and added the, you know, I don't know. Plus it was a trade and it was like, not just a free agent signing. Oh, well, no. Yeah. It definitely wasn't as bad. Um, But fuck, I kind of lost my train of thought, but what I want to talk about too is Chris Paul in this finals. He went off game one. He's fucking built for this. It seems like, you know, everybody loves Chris Paul. I haven't really been this excited for, like, an individual player in a long time. 
Like the whole the whole league is behind him. Even like I saw LeBron was tweeting, um, "Get it done" or something at Chris Paul. Like clearly rooting for him and everything. I mean, of course, everybody loves him except for uh, Patrick Beverly. Did you see the push? Oh yeah, yeah. Patrick Beverly. Um, bro, you know what I thought was bullshit too is when he accidentally tripped Chris Paul on that three point shot, and Chris mm-hmm. Paul like fell down on his back really hard. And then Patrick Beverly like made fun of him and did like that kick thing. Dude, and, Patrick like, Beverly's like, kind of a kind of a dick. No, not kind of. He is a dick. <laughs> but, like, I just thought it was bullshit that he did that because he was trying to say that Chris Paul flopped, and it's like, okay, as much as Chris Paul flops, like you tripped him while he's in midair and he hit the ground fucking hard. Like he did not flop on that. You're an asshole. Like that. Yeah, could have hurt him. Bothered me. Um, but then he was just being a bitch with that shove. I don't know. But no, like you said, Chris Paul, he deserves this. He's a Hall of Famer, and he deserves to get his ring. Without a doubt, yeah. This uh, this doesn't necessarily pertain to the finals, but it is uh, NBA news. So do you know what's been going on with Rachel Nichols and everything? Kind of. So Rachel Nichols, there was an audio recording of hers that leaked and Oh, excuse me. I got a hiccup, but an audio recording leaked and it was basically where she was saying that Mariah Taylor got the NBA finals hosting job over her because it was a quote unquote diversity hire. And obviously that didn't go over very well. And so Rachel Nichols was going to be the sideline reporter. She got kicked out. Now Malika Andrews took over after, you know, the audio came out. And so here's here's the thing, though, is after all that, Rachel Nichols has been trending. Now she's trending because apparently her and Jimmy Butler have been fucking. And you can't tell me otherwise. It's it's a fact I mean, at this point. That would be really funny if it was true. <laughs> there was they did an interview recently and Jimmy answered and Rachel go like laughs and is like, ah, how did I know you were going to say that? And then Jimmy goes, well, Rachel, uh, you and I know each other very, uh, very well. And then he like, they both like laugh at each other and like make a face. And it's like, bro, there's something going on there. Sure. She's not just like, cause she covers the NBA very closely and just knows Jimmy. No, Butler and bro. Friends with him. no, let me, let me see if I can pull it up real quick on the, Jimmy Butler, Rachel Nichols. It just has to be there, bro. I I mean, like, maybe, whatever. Like, it probably, you know, it happens. Yeah, that yeah, whole, that whole situation, though, seems pretty uh, seems pretty tricky. Rachel, Rachel Nichols is definitely on her way out at ESPN. Yeah, it definitely does seem like that. Here, I got the video. ESPN's... ESPN's gotten pretty woke, and if you say something that isn't is unwoke, then you're fucked. So, <laughs> all right. Oh, goodbye wait. the jump. Oh, she's staring him down. Oh wait, that's not no nah, man. That's not it. Whatever, bro. Whatever. Whatever. You get the point, though. It was it was like that was the setting. Uh, it was just funny. I wanted to bring that up because why not? But with the whole situation with Mariah Taylor, yeah, I do think Rachel Nichols is on her way out. Uh, 
she's gotten a lot of hate in general just from fans like thinking that she's been doing a shitty job uh, on the jump and everything and mariah taylor is awesome like she's really good at everything she does i, I have a lot of respect for her i like watching her so i'm, I'm kind of glad that this transition is happening per se yeah i will say though if like if there was a company to give a diversity hire it'd probably be espn but You're, yeah yeah but <laughs> i'm not gonna say like i don't know that's all i'll say about that i i mean there needs to be representation you know what i mean there does like there, there yeah does. There, you're right i agree with you 100 percent. there does but there's also a fine line between who deserves a job and who's just getting the job no you're right but, but Mar- mariah that taylor represent yeah. deserves the job yeah mariah taylor 100 deserves everything yeah yeah then she yeah. should have it she's awesome but, no, you're you're 100% right. Representation is important, but there also is a point to where like to and like that's not even saying that like you know, I just think that the right person should always have the job too. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I agree with that. Kind of like right, the same way with like and I'm not even talking about like race too, like same thing with like a you know, former a- like athletes that literally have no idea what they're doing in like the booth getting the job over somebody who's had years and years of sports training. That is one of my biggest pet peeves, bro, is like Jason Witten. Jason Witten was terrible at play-by-play broadcasting. Like he would randomly so he would just say – Burger McFarland. Dude, Burger McFarland, bro, all he does is he's like, yeah, guys, so the, the team that's losing, uh, they're going to take the ball and they're going to want to score to tie the game up. And then that's going to tie the game. Like that's literally the extent of his analysis. He literally just says – the most obvious shit that's going on on the screen. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I actually don't think a, a sports announcer has ever made me more mad than Booger McFarlane because he's so fucking stupid. Yeah. I don't know why he's had a job for so long because, like, it's, like, a thing. Everybody knows about it, too. Like, it's very well known in the media. People make jokes about it all the time on Twitter and stuff, but he's still getting paid. I don't know. ESPN likes him. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway... <laughs> Let's switch gears up a little bit. I want to talk about Joey Chestnut. Over the 4th of July weekend, Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest. The most American time of the year when we get to wake up early in the morning and watch people just shove a bunch of meat in their mouth. It's an amazing sight. Did you watch it this year? No. Yeah, I I didn't watch it this year, but I did, I mean, keep up with it. Um, And the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because Joey Chestnut broke yet another world record, 76 hot dogs. He closed, bro. There was, I mean, of course you can gamble on it because if this is America. You can gamble on everything. But he closed sure. as a minus 3,300 favorite. You literally would have to bet $330 just to get $10 back, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, and his, his odds were over under on his hot dogs eaten was plus 120 for over 74.5 and he hit it because he got 76 yeah dude i wish i bet on that though man like oh i didn't even think about it but just to put it in perspective like to put in perspective of how dominant it was second place finished with 50 and third finished with 44 so my man beat them by half of their score which is just absurd dude yeah, he's a 
I feel like I've always heard that. I, I hear that name once a year, every year on 4th of July, talking about how, you know, how he's the best ever. Yeah. Well, he's he, like uh, for forever. Now it's, um, it's like kind of, uh, I've seen on Twitter, there's a little bit of controversy, not controversy, but um, people saying oh, no. that Joey Chestnut should be considered an athlete because he has 14 individual titles, which is more than Bill Russell. It's more than LeBron James and Michael Jordan combined. It's more, it's twice as many as Tom Brady. It's literally, he is the peak physical performance of what an athlete should be. I think we should count him as an athlete. Stop it. Dude, why not, bro? It's a sporting it. event, is it Stop not? It. No, it's an eating event. But it's, it's for inter- yeah. It's on ESPN, it's a- though. Entertainment. Yeah, but ESPN buys anything. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, fucking, you're right. Fucking cornholes on ESPN, buddy. <laughs> Dude, have you seen like ESPN the Ocho? That's where they put on like I've, dumb uh, sports, lawnmower racing and shit. Yeah, a lot like lawnmower racing. I've even seen water bottle flipping as a sport on ESPN the Ocho. That I love that kind of stuff though. It's pretty funny. But you're right. But I think competitive eating could be considered a sport. I don't know. Because you have to, you have to be able to perform. You have to keep up with your body. You're, it's a physical activity when you're doing it. I don't. I mean, it's if we're gonna it, count competitive eaters as a sport, then we need to say esports players are athletes too. They are. I, I mean, well, that's a that's a different. Mm-hmm. I think that's weird because, like, I think esports is a sport. Like, it should be considered a sport. But that is, I've never really thought about it as in like the the gamers are athletes. Exactly. So you're if you're trying to say Joey Chestnut is an athlete, then so is fucking, I don't know, name it esports player. <laughs> uh, I don't know, phase something. Phase clan. <laughs> yeah, phase clan. Yeah, I don't, that's that's weird. So, but I don't know. Chestnut though, um, just off of his you know eating competitions and sponsorship deals, my man's raking in an estimate of 250k to 500k a year, which I mean. For eating some hot dogs, that's, it's pretty good. Decent. That's decent. That's the part that I saw in the outline that really blew me away. Yeah. How are you gonna how are you how are you gonna make that much money eating hot dogs? Yeah, I, I don't understand. I mean, it's mostly probably be from like his sponsorship deals and everything. Like, I'm sure he he uh you know has been like the face of a company like Subway or some shit. I don't know something that has to do with eating. Probably does some deals with the hot dog companies too. Yeah, I'm sure Oscar Meyer blows up his phone every year. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's move on though. Let's go to some football talk. I know you've been waiting for this, so I'm going to go ahead and pull up the oh, odds. Yes, sir, you know it. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and pull oh, up yeah. the odds and share the screen. Hey, one moment. I'm going to refresh. All right. I'm pulling. I'm currently pulling up the uh, divisional odds right now. We're kind of give, going to give a blind reaction to uh, if we agree, disagree with uh, where teams are placed, and kind of make some of our best bets as to who we think is going to win each division. Yeah, we'll probably take it one by one at a time. I'm going to add Elijah back in, and thank then you. what was that? I said thank you. Oh yeah. Sorry, it's internet's uh it's better, but it's still not that great. 
All home. right, we got. No, it's good. It's all but good. No, I'm excited to look at these uh these odds. Do you have a graphic one that you can pull up or like what? Oh, that's good too. Yeah, I've seen like just... a graphic where it had like all of them laid out, but this is fine too. This works. Yeah, we can just go like one this. by one. Yeah, that way it'll just have it. Okay, so you already break, broke down what we're gonna do. Yeah, yeah, we're just kind of give our okay. reaction, make our picks, cool. who we think's the best. So, so what's, what's your initial reaction Buffalo to this one? Bills. So yeah, Buffalo Bills are definitely should be favored. Um, but if you're gonna put from a betting perspective, I don't want to put something that has minus odds on a futures bet that just seems too it's i feel like it's too risky even though it is the best bet to have it's still too risky so um miami a small play on a, on a miami plus 325 has some juice maybe even new england i don't know but i think i, I think, think miami is going to finish above new england miami would definitely probably be the best bet per se for this one. yeah i could i could agree with that the best bet but I mean, Buffalo's. I they're they're probably gonna be my pick to win the division here. So this is this is done properly. I'd say. Yeah, Buffalo is definitely my pick to win the division overall. But you bring up a good point. Yeah, it is it is a bit hefty of a line to lay some juice on it. I don't know. We got comments to say minus one fifty. Huh. Sorry, this is this is from a little bit before the NFL. We have Joey Chestnut, most dominant athlete of all time, hands down. <laughs> the Michael Jordan of Goblin Glizzies. All right, sorry. Anyway, but back to the Bills Dolphins. But yeah, so minus one fifty is like that's not too bad, but at the same time, it's a futures bet. So like, I don't know if I if I'm gonna lay down a futures bet, I want it to have some juice on it. You know what I mean? I agree. I I just like you said, the Dolphins would be the best bet per se, but I I just don't see it happening. I I am very high on the Bills. I think they could go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I really do. So yeah, right now they're really the only team um, that seems like they're ready to win a lot of games. Like New England, yeah, they're always going to be a threat with Bill Belichick, but it's kind of like Cam Newton was not great last year, and Mac Jones is still a rookie, so we don't know, and we don't know how all these free agent signings are going to pan out for New England. And then there's the Jets. So like, no, no, definitely not. Never. If you bet on the Jets, say goodbye to your money. Just literally. Yeah, I, I, that's yeah, that's not worth a bet though. But all right, let's move on to the AFC North. All right, this is my. Oh wait, is this the kind of graphic you meant? No. Yeah, no, that's fine. I saw like just, a, this is fine. One. But <laughs> so this is my home division. I'm a I'm a Bengals fan. This is what I claim to be my. Uh, what's the term? You know, my turf or whatnot. Hmm, okay, Ravens plus 125, Browns 145. I mean, they got the rankings right. I think, you know, I think the Ravens should be favored. I think the Browns should be second. I mean, I think they got the order right. So, one, the one that I saw it had the Browns at plus 200, but that might have been from – it might have changed since then, but this I'm liking very the Browns. recent, yeah. You're liking the Browns? I've heard a lot of people are high on the Browns like, in the division. I'm high on the Browns this year to win the division over the Ravens. I think this might be one of the most 50-50. You know what I mean? Like, it could go either way. Yeah, I would I would say leg up on the Browns, though. Just for I just feel like they're the more complete team. Um, 
and they just they have better playmakers. You know, Lamar's just out there running by himself, running around like crazy, and he doesn't have any receivers to throw to. Well, yeah, but they did draft and they added Sammy Watkins. So, like, they did draft. Yeah, yeah, Sammy Watkins, though. You're right. You're right. I mean, he's had his heyday. You know, he's had a few good seasons, but you're right. It's, I'm just saying, maybe one good game a season. Yeah. Now, but I'm saying in the past. Yeah. So, betting. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. If we're talking betting odds, bro, like the best pick for the payout, bro, take the Bengals, dude. What are you talking about? Plus 2,000. Joey B is winning at least six games this year. And I know that's not a lot, but for the Bengals, that is a lot. And you never know. No, it's it's not going to happen. It's a better plus 2,000 bet than the Jets. Oh, yeah, definitely. It is way better. I think the Bengals are going to have a little bit of a bounce back here. But, of, uh, again, I'm a Bengals and, fan, so, of course, I'm going to say that. And then the Steelers the Steelers at plus 400 is, like, mm, like, kind of enticing because they've always been relevant and they've never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin. But, man, I am down on them this year. I am not feeling good. I am, too. I mean, even like last year when they were undefeated, they were the fakest undefeated team ever, and it got exposed late in the season. You know, and I Worst think eleven O team in NFL history. Yeah, I think that that trajectory is going to kind of continue for them, especially with Big Ben, old as shit, not retiring. Yeah, he's going to be bad. He needs to get out of there. Um, so if I was to say who I would bet on for this, realistically, I would probably lay some juice on the Ravens. Um, I don't think it's a clear cut favorite, but you know, plus odds, it's not that bad. I would take Baltimore. What about you? You said Cleveland. I'd take Cleveland at plus 145. All right. Moving on now. What we got AFC South. I, this is actually one of the more exciting groups, not necessarily because of the okay. Jaguars and Texans, but I think it's going to be neck and neck between the Colts and the Titans. I agree. Um, plus 105, again, that's like for futures bets, you want to have better odds. But these are also just to win the division, so it's it's a little better and still plus odds. Um, the only thing about the Colts is how good of a bounce back do you think Carson Wentz is going to have? I think he's going to have a really good bounce back, and I think that he's going to have a really good season. I think he might even be able to win – well, no, because Dak Prescott's going to win Comeback Player of the Year. Um, eh, maybe, but he yeah. might be in the running. That's my opinion. But uh, yeah, I think Wentz is, I, you know, I don't think Wentz is going to have that great of a year, but I do like the Colts. I do think that he'll be able to do enough. Uh, honestly, I mean, I'm surprised to see that Indianapolis is favored um, over Tennessee because, I mean, especially after Tennessee I signed Julio. Yeah, it's too. like yeah, they like the, the Titans have clearly gotten better, whereas the Colts, there's a lot of question marks surrounding them. Uh, you said you're high on Wentz. I'm not high on Wentz, uh, but I, I, I like every other aspect of the Colts team. I think they have a great running back committee, solid defense, good coaching staff. It, it really is going to depend on if Wentz can play. And if Wentz does play and he does have that comeback year like, like you're thinking he will, I would not be the slightest bit surprised to see the Colts win the division. I mean, he's got a good O-line to protect him. And yeah. 
you know, he was he was known for not being a great team a great teammate in Philadelphia, and so um, there's been reports of him being a great team here in, in Indianapolis. So I don't know. I, I I don't know why I have this feeling either. I just have it because I know that anything from the past years since he's come back from his injury tells me otherwise. I just I just for some reason I believe in this fresh start in a, in a new With place. The Colts. I don't know why. Yeah, I just I'm buying it for some reason. Are you are you putting your money on the Colts? Um, that's tough because it, like you said, it's, it's like neck and neck in between them and the Titans. Um, ah, that's so tough. You know, I'm going like, to literally bro. flip a coin. Fuck it. I'm going with the Colts. I think they can do it. I think really, they, yeah, I think it'll be maybe by one game and that's it. You know, it really will be neck and neck. I'm probably truthfully going to pass on this one. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably, probably not going to lay any any pass. any units on it, but if I was going to, I would probably go with the Colts. I you can't you really can't go wrong with the Colts or Titans. And I mean, I guess one would be right, one would be wrong, but I think they're both smart plays. Jacksonville at plus eight hundred is not bad, dude. They're not going to win, bro. I mean, not like very place. very small play. Not yeah. All right, um, all right. Chiefs are winning. Oh, best bet. Chargers, Chargers plus 600. I 100% agree. So, obviously, Chiefs are most likely going to win this division, but Chargers at plus 600 is very enticing. You never know with, the, with you know, they drafted a left tackle for Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is phenomenal football player. Um, you never know. The Chiefs might have a semi-down regular season year. All those close games that they played last year might catch up to them this year. And they start actually start losing some of those games. And the Chargers start winning some of those games that they've been losing that they should have won for forever. So yeah, I could yeah. totally see it. Chargers plus totally six happening. That is my favorite bet so far that we've seen. Like you said, the Chiefs mm-hmm. clearly they're heavily favored for a reason. They are probably going to win the division, but that is the mm-hmm. fact that the Chargers and the Broncos have the same odds is kind of mind blowing. Yeah, that's a. I would stay away from the Broncos at all costs. I'm no, not a chance. Unless they get Rodgers, then it's still different. But that is, yeah, that's true. That changes everything. Um, but the, I don't see that happening. But now, so like Chiefs at mi- minus three thirty five when it features bet. That's just like that's 30, too much. Yeah. yeah. Too much juice to lay. Sixty bucks to win twenty. Not worth it. No. Not a All good right. bet. Not a good bet. Next up. Oh, here's your home. Here, you you take over, and I'll be right back. Okay, so right here we have Cowboys plus one twenty five football team at plus two sixty. New York Giants at plus three fifty, and Eagles at plus five hundred. Last time I saw this, the Giants were at plus four hundred, but the Giants at plus three fifty or plus four hundred is, I think, probably the best bet in the situation and that pains me to say as a Cowboys fan I think that the Cowboys are right to be favored in this division I, division I think they're the most likely winner in this division but the Giants have I'm 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 high on the Giants this year I like the trajectory of Danny Dimes I don't think he, he is as shitty as some people say that he is um, I think that they added some weapons in the draft and in free agency with um Lions got Galladay, and they got another guy in the draft, which I believe Kadarius Tony. 
Um, they got they got Kadarius Tony right in the draft, Ryan. Yes, the Giants. the Giants. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so I I really like the miss plus three fifty. Saquon's back. Um, I really I'm not too sure about the state of their defense. I'm pretty sure their defense was better last year because I remember it was a lot better. It was one of the worst. In, it was one of the worst in the league. So they have a a rising defense and a rising offense. And so them at plus three fifty is very enticing. I, I, I'm I'm not gonna bet on it. I've been waiting for this one uh, because I am actually I know I said the Chargers plus six hundred was my favorite. Scratch that. Giants plus three fifty is one hundred percent my favorite bet of any of the divisions. I am very high on the Giants this year. I don't think they're gonna go like you know a crazy fourteen and three or anything, but I think they'll do enough to win the division. Uh, I, you know, I've gotten a lot of shit because Danny Dimes is the quarterback, you know, and how far can Daniel Jones really lead a team, but he, he hasn't had weapons and they got him weapons, you know, Saquon is back. That's going to spread open the field, you know, because whenever Saquon was gone, they were a one element team, you know, they were going to pass the ball, but now Saquon may spread the field a little bit, open up some passing opportunities. And I think Danny, Danny Dimes is better than people give him credit for. I literally just said that while you're on the I was talking about like I, I think Danny Dimes is a whole lot better than some people say that he is. Because people yeah. talk about him that he's like the 32nd the 32nd best quarterback in the league, which he's not. No. No shot, dude. So no. He, no shot. Yeah. So Giants plus three fifty, but I would I would not put money myself. I'm not gonna do it just because I'm a Cowboys fan. And I would never put um uh, money on a team that isn't the Cowboys in this division. I'm laying the juice. So, I'm laying the juice on him. Laying the Giants. juice. I'm probably putting like two units on it. Might as well. I mean, you know? it's like I said, like it's a decent bet. Yeah. But the Cowboys are probably going to win the division. Most likely. But, but moving on now, NFC North. <laughs> Quite a bit. NFC North now. All right, Packers minus 121, Vikings plus 225. This one's a little bit harder. I really don't know what to, what to do with this. I mean, clearly I'm not going to pick the Lions, but for the rest of it, I, I don't know. I just don't see if Aaron Rodgers stays, which I think that he will most likely situation. Um, this is just a division that I'm just going to stay away from entirely because – uh, the two threats, the Bears and the Vikings, um, really aren't threats and have a tendency to choke. So, the wait, the who? Sorry, the the Bears and the Vikings really have a tendency to choke. So I don't trust them. Oh well, yeah, hundred um, percent. Especially the Vikings; they've kind of been up and down in general for the past few years. But like the Packers pick is more more interesting because of the Aaron Rodgers situation. Like, if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, obviously these odds are going to change drastically. So that's the only ask. Like that's the only reason. If you were to want to lay some, you know, maybe lay some juice on one of these lines, I would go with one of the plus odds teams, like the Vikings or the Bears, because. You know, like I said, if Rodgers leaves, then the odds would change and you're never going to be able to get those plus odds again. Like, I'm sure if if Rodgers went to the pack, like left the Packers, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Vikings and Bears jump ahead of them 
like in uh yeah. well in i'd odds. probably pick if i were gonna pick the packers i'd definitely pick the vikings because i i do not trust a team coached by matt Nagy. yeah yeah me neither I, yeah I, I would probably go with the vikings too bears probably have a, a couple more years until anybody can be picking them for futures yeah it depends on fields all right, next up we got the NFC South. This one is kind of a no-brainer in my opinion, but it, it's, again, not really worth it. Um, well, you have to remember, the Saints won this division last year. Um, the Bucks were a wild-card team and they when they won the Super Bowl. You're so, right. I mean, they'll pro- they're probably going to win it, but from a betting perspective, Saints at plus 300 probably provides the best value. Value wise, yes. From yeah. from, yeah, from, purely from a betting perspective, because plus two minus two hundred on a futures bet again. Like I, I don't want to put. I really don't like the thought of putting minus odds for a futures bet. It's just because too many things can happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you know, Tom Brady could be out for the season. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, it's just it's it's too risky to do something like that. But like. Falcons, no. Panthers, no. Darnold, sorry. Um, yeah. He's not the answer to the future. Definitely um, not. But, I mean, Jameis, he has he got LASIK. Um, <laughs> so, we could that see. Could something. I mean, like, I mean, I, I mean, you heard what Drew said to him. He said that, you know, it's his team now. So, and Jameis, the talent has never been the question about him. It's always been his decision-making. And so maybe the year holding the clipboard, which he never got to do in Tampa Bay when he was a rookie, he went straight to Lovey Smith, who's a defensive-minded head coach, his rookie year. And he never got that year to really learn. He just went and kept on doing the same dumb shit that he tried to do in college, but it worked for him because, you know, he was playing with all the other pro-ready players in the NFL, kind of like the same thing that held Bama quarterbacks back. So maybe the year with the clipboard was really helpful for him, and he turns out and balls out. Well, what do you think about like the Taysom Hill thing and everything, you know, with Jameis and Taysom sharing the locker room? I just think that, that, um, Sean Payton's just going to do the same gadget plays that he did with him and Drew Brees. And yeah, he loves him for some reason. You're right in the sense that he is more useful for that, but I've seen a lot of Saints fans uh, are pretty hype about him and they want him to play. I mean, he wasn't terrible. Those, was it three games that he started? Yeah, I think so. Or like two at least. I mean, like, he wasn't great throwing the ball, but he wasn't bad. But, like, Jameis has a fucking cannon. Oh, yeah. Jameis is Mr. 30 for 30 himself, dude. Yeah. He has an absolute cannon. Yeah, like you said, that his decision-making is the only thing. And I think, like we talked about, Danny Dimes is underrated. I think Jameis Winston, too, gets a lot of hate because he's bad at decision making and he throws a lot of interceptions but i think he's really underrated like overall i think Jameis is definitely still talented enough to be a starting quarterback in the nfl yeah absolutely so and maybe and like if there's somebody to fix him then it is sean payton you're right yeah he's a great coach all right let's move on so i agree though saints for betting value wise would be a better pick i just next year i just think considering the buccaneers are bringing back 22 out of 22 players from their Super Bowl team. I'm probably going to rock with the Bucks to take it. Yeah. 
Hard to go against that. Hard to go against that. All right. This is our last one, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> wow. Any of these teams could take this division. The NFC West is definitely the most competitive division because um, it has it's it's the most complete division easily. It is right now yeah, in the definitely. NFL. Um, the Cardinals are rightly uh, bottomly favored at plus five fifty. Um, they're a team that could probably win a division, but like we've said it before in this podcast, Cliff Kingsbury sucks. I hate He's not that he got an coach. NFL job, bro. It doesn't make sense. He didn't even have a winning season at Texas Tech when he got hired. Yeah, I know. Um, so I just I, I don't believe in him as a head coach. I don't I think Kyler is a little bit overhyped. Um really. I mean, I think he's good, but I just think the media sucks his dick a little bit too much. I yeah, he is definitely a media star. I mean, he's good. I he's like good. Kyler. I've but just I, I really like Kyler because I've I been like watching him, him since like my freshman year of high school because we were in the same graduating class. And so like been what wait, I'm I'm tripping. We were not in the same graduating class. I've, but I've seen his sorry I've seen his high school highlights. Like I've been following him for a long time. You know. I remember when he was in Allen, because I'm from the you know from the DFW area too. Like seeing him on yeah. local news, dominating, because he didn't lose a game in high school. But I just yeah. you know, and I think he's I think he's a great quarterback at the NFL level. I just think that the media just sucks his dick so hard. Like remember when he was pretty much like the presumed MVP at the start of the season? It's like yeah. what warrants that? What warranted that for you guys? Yeah, I think the media does play a role in that, and also I think too. He's kind of I don't know that that's tricky because I really like Kyler, but I I will have to admit he maybe is overrated a little bit. If he was taller, man, if he was just taller, he would be amazing, like unstoppable. I'm like I'm taller than he is. Yeah, me too. Literally, <laughs> like what is he five eleven? Yeah. Right? Five. He's like, yeah, like five ten pushing. Yeah, dude. Fuck that. Yeah, and then. Yeah, five ten. Um, Seahawks plus two seventy five. Man, it's so hard. I would say, yeah, some say five nine for Kyler. I think he's five nine. I I know somebody that went to high school at Allen with him, and he was like, yeah, he's not five ten. Like he's fucking <laughs> short. Like <laughs> he's a tiny dude. Hey, he can ball uh, those. Shit. But anyway, so my pick for this decision is the for this division is the Rams. Out of really? these three teams. It's the Rams. I'm I'm so high on, on Sean McVay. Um, his and offense, Stafford. watching his offense work, especially with Stafford coming in, because he's been nothing but praising Stafford. Stafford's, you know, he's like, have you seen the quote on me? Kid, that that is one bad motherfucker is what he called him. And I mean, like, and I think that offense excelled with Jared Goff, and Jared Goff isn't that great. He's not nowhere he's, near as good as Stafford. He's bottom 16 for sure. Yes. Probably probably in the 18-24 range. I yeah, would say. I, I would agree. Just off the top of my um, head. And and Stafford's top 10. Yeah. And probably would be higher if he didn't play for the Lions his whole career. Because he's... Oh, he's, definitely. He's fucking good at football. And so now yeah. that he's with the offensive genius and he has the weapons that he needs to thrive, I think they're going to be really great. So Rams at plus 190, that's not bad. The only thing that makes it tough is that they're in such a 
tough division. The 49ers being favored, they are going to be healthier, but it's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. So. I just I just don't think so. I'm not seeing it with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I feel like this is a team that, in their defense, they lost their defensive coordinator, um, and they, who knows how healthy some of those guys are going to be when they come back. It's kind of the question. It's like that's that's seriously something to think about with them. I think they're going to be good, but I don't know. I feel like for this for this 49ers team, the most likely scenario for them is to be a wild card team. I think the Rams are going to run away with this division personally. So that's interesting you say that because I'm not going with either one of them. I'm taking the Seahawks to win the division. Honestly, I, I just think they're the best team there. Uh, the Rams, you're right. I'm excited to see what they do with Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay. I think that's going to be a great combination. So if that pans out well, I could totally see them having like a 13 and four season, you know, 12 and five even. But I just think the Seahawks at plus 275 is kind of crazy. That's good value. Yeah, I'm really shocked to see the 49ers are favorited in general. I probably would have had it like. If I was the odds maker, I probably would have set the Rams and Seahawks at like the same odds and then have the 49ers in third. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The only thing about the Seahawks, though, is their defense, which got exposed last year. Remember when they were 6-0 and Russell Wilson was de- destined to be the MVP? Yeah. I remember that, and I remember yeah. what happened to them towards that second half of the season. You know they just they just fell apart. Their defense was so bad. they got exposed in that Carol uh, the Arizona game where the Cardinals beat them in overtime, and then they just never recovered. I remember in that even in that playoff game too. I bet on the Rams because like I was like, no, this the Seahawks team doesn't have the defense to win, and yeah. they lost their best cornerback to in free agency, Shaquille Griffin. Yeah, that's true. I just. I just I like the odds there. I think like we've been talking about value. I think the Seahawks value. are the best value. Yeah, yeah. plus two seventy five is good value. But I just think that Rams, I think are going to be a fucking wagon next year, and then at plus one ninety is excellent value. It is good value too. Yeah, the fact that there's not a single, I mean, even the fact that they, these are both like almost plus two hundred is really good. Yeah. Like there's nothing even like you know just plus one ten like that. That's pretty good juice. Because plus plus one ninety. For a team that is good as the Rams is still really good value because it's almost doubling your money. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. All right, well, that's going to do it for the divisional previews and all that. We're going to do a little quick transition, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about UFC 264, which is this Saturday. So be right back. All right, we back. All right. Well, that was fun. I kind of like blind reacting sometimes, you know, like not really looking into it beforehand, just giving like my instant reaction. Yeah. No, I have its perks. Yeah. All right, but let's talk about it. UFC 264 this Saturday. I am so, 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 so hyped. McGregor is fighting Poirier for the trilogy. McGregor won round one. Poirier won round two in emphatic fashion. And now they're back for a third time. This is a great card. I say this almost every time. Dana White has done it again. 
It's going to be really entertaining. Other than McGregor Poirier, you can look out for Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Thompson. Is going to be an amazing fight. Uh, Stephen Thompson is probably my favorite fighter. Him and Adesanya, I love those guys. And Gilbert Burns and Thompson, that's going to be a really interesting matchup because Thompson is probably like the number one or one of the top stand-up fighters of all time going against Gilbert Burns, who is like a jujitsu god and is like really good at ground and pound. So that's going to be a good fight. And then also we have the former Dallas Cowboys defensive lineman, Greg Hardy, taking on Ty Tuivasa. Don't know much about him, but I know that Greg Hardy is electric to watch, as always. And then last but not least on the main card, the Sugar Show goes on. Sean O'Malley is taking on, is in his main card debut, is taking on Chris Moutinho. No idea who Chris Moutinho is, so basically that's the lock of the century. Sean O'Malley, book it in. But yeah, I'm hyped for this fight. What are, what are you looking forward to, Elijah? Um, I'm looking at Greg Hardy getting his ass beat. Um, I already have uh, money on the other guy. He's Australian, no. so yeah. No. I will. Greg Hardy's the shittiest person on the planet Earth. So, dude, have he's you seen electric. The, have you seen the pictures of him beating the shit out of his girlfriend? The okay, no. Well, okay. that's shitty. Yeah, but <laughs> I just I hate him because that year that he spent with the Cowboys. But um, I think I think he's gonna. He also isn't that great of a fighter. I didn't think I'm. He's the iffy. Last, he has his he's, moments. He's, he's, he's iffy. The last time I saw him fight, he fought some dude that was a fat ass. That was over yeah. the pandemic. So I think he's fought a couple more times since then, maybe twice since then. But yeah, uh, he, I think he only has like three or four um, UFC fights under his belt. Okay. Yeah. And then, and one of them was a disqualification because he was literally beating this dude's ass. And then while he was down on the ground, he grabs him by the head and knees him. Which is like um, the it's like the only illegal thing in the UFC. So, yeah. So I got I got money on Ty, um, and then I think Sean O'Malley. Looking for what are the odds on O'Malley? Dude, O'Malley is a minus seven fifty favorite. Oh, so that's not worth it. But I don't. The odds haven't been posted yet. But whatever the odds are for O'Malley to win by TKO, I'm taking that. He's gonna knock him out. Okay, probably so, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's he how does, he wins every fight. He does that a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but I'll be looking forward to watching him fight. Uh, Gilbert Burns, great. Uh, who did you fight last? Shoot, I'm, it was a big fight too. I'm then trying it, to remember. Wasn't it Usman? Yeah, it was. It was Usman. Yeah. Okay. That was the last so, big fight. So he'll probably win that fight too, I think, because he was really good. So Thompson is a minus one fifty favorite. Um. Like Gilbert Burns is really good, but I think it's just kind of a matchup type thing. Like I said, Stephen Thompson is definitely a stand-up like striker. He's a true striker, whereas Gilbert Burns is more jujitsu. So if Gilbert Burns gets him on the ground, I think Burns wins it in a heartbeat. But if it's a stand-up fight, that'll be interesting. So what do you think about the main card, though? Uh, like the, the main main event, main McGregor event, Poirier. Event, yeah, that's what I meant. So, the odds for it, Poirier is favored at this time. He's a minus 120 or 130, depending on the, your book, uh, favorite, where McGregor is a plus 120 underdog. So, considering last fight, McGregor was a minus 400 favorite 
there's an insane amount of value on Conor McGregor. So as much as I think this is going to be like a good, even fight, I think Conor is back. He has to win. He literally has to win or else he could like his UFC career could kind of be in, in the dust. He just looked so bad in his last fight. He did. He looked terrible. He just looks so bad. That's the yeah. only thing. It's he like, yeah, terrible. from a numbers perspective, yeah, this does look this does look like it presents good value. But if you just watch that last fight, like I want to, I want to bet on McGregor because I love McGregor like you do. But at the same time, like, dude, he looked fucking terrible. Like he did. He, the, he looks <sighs> the reason I want to bet on McGregor, I don't want to lose my money, of course. You know, I don't want to just blow it on a stupid bet, but and I'm trying to eliminate my bias for you know being a McGregor fan. Because as much as I like McGregor, I, I like Poirier as well. I don't have anything against the other fighter. I like them both. Uh, but the reason I think McGregor is because I think he's back. Trash talk McGregor is back. You know, he he's not he's in his zone, he's in a completely different world, which is what he used to do for every fight. He used to constantly be all over social media. You know, I saw the other day he tweeted a screenshot of Dustin Portier's wife trying to message him on Instagram and there was no caption. That was it. And he's definitely been trying to get into Portier's head a lot more this time. Whereas in the second fight, it was completely about respect. You know, like they were both champions. They both liked each other. They had, there was no beef really. But McGregor this time is going out of his way to create problems, which is what he did when he was at his best. So maybe I don't know how much the mind games will play a part, but I think, you know, Connor, the Mamba mentality, Connor's back. I think he's he's going to get it through. I, I hope you're right. Um, I don't know if I'm going to bet. I think I'm just going to watch. That's fair. It's probably a smart thing to do because I'm thinking about laying 100 bucks on McGregor. Mm. I want it so bad, dude. Probably not going to do that. Last time I tried, I put that much money in a UFC fight. It did not go well for me. Yeah. So, yeah, usually when I do that on a UFC fight, it doesn't go well for me. But so it's a new day. Um, another question though for this fight in general is: Do you think this was the right fight, like the correct fight to make, or was this a money grab? Um, I would say that the UFC is all about promotion. So I don't think a money grab is ever the wrong move to make, honestly, for the UFC, because Connor is still, if you say he's back, then yeah, it's probably the right fight. And it's probably, you know, what most people would want to see is Connor to try and redeem himself from looking so shitty in that last fight. So why not? Like, why not put him together back again? Um, I, I think don't know. you're right. I mean, maybe maybe Poirier deserved to get maybe a title shot or uh, face like the number two contender or number one contender or something like that. Because what is he ranked right now? Do you know? Poirier? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Poirier is number one. Oh, he's the number one ranked contender. Contender, yeah. And because uh, Char- Charles Oliveira is the champion right now. Okay. But so he the- probably should have got a title fa- fight. The reason Uh, I bring it up is because a lot of, uh, not necessarily a lot, but there's a decent chunk of UFC fans that were really upset to see Poirier. Because after Poirier beat McGregor, he was technically next in line for a title shot. 
but Khabib retired. And so that kind of fucked everything up because everybody want like you're right, everybody wants to see McGregor Poirier. That that is the fight that will bring in the most money, best promotion, most entertaining. But it's kind of a lot of people thought that do you know Justin Gaethje is, right? Yeah, of course. A lot of people thought Justin Gaethje got snubbed because Gaethje lost to Khabib and he stepped in on short notice. And so he he didn't really lose his rankings. And he's Gaethje is the number two contender. And so Gaethje kind of just didn't get anything. You know what I mean? He didn't get a yeah. money fight. He didn't get a title fight. And he's still the number two contender, whereas Connor's the number five contender. And Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler, who fought for the lightweight title a few weeks ago, they were the three and four contender. So it's like, why did they get a shot, you know, instead of Gaethje? But like you said, though, it's it is about promotion. It's it's about money. They're going to bring in the most views. Well, so don't, I, it's hard to say it's the wrong fight to make. Don't UFC fighters get to say, have a say? And they, they do. They do. So Poirier could have said no if he thought he deserved a title shot that much. Well, but I mean, but, if 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 I were if I were him and they asked me if I want to fight McGregor again, I'd say hell yeah, I'm going to fight fucking McGregor again. Yeah, that, that's so what I'm thinking though. You know, like he but, probably wants the money. Plus, though, Poirier, whoever wins this fight, I think is for sure getting a title shot, which is kind of weird. Even if McGregor wins, I think they would give it to him over Gaethje because he's McGregor. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And they want it to be McGregor too. Yeah. They and do. then so and whoever probably. Like looking on down the road, it's probably going to be whoever wins this fight gets the title fight, and then whoever wins that next title fight is probably going to fight Gaethje. If yeah. Gaethje wins his next fight in between, then yeah, there's they're probably going to give Gaethje a filler fight in between. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I that dude, the lightweight division has it's always stacked. been the most. Yeah, it's always been the most exciting in the UFC, but it is stacked right now, bro. I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited. I I really do think. McGregor can win this. I I don't know if he's champion material again, uh, but I mean, like we 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 talked about, Oliveira is currently the champion. Oliveira has been in the UFC a long time, and that was his first championship fight. So it's like, I don't know if he necessarily deserved that, but after his long career, I'm happy to see him in that position. So it's going to be interesting to see what pans out. Uh, I'm I'm excited. But um, so other than that, I know you said you're betting against Greg Hardy. Do you have any other best bets? Um, I haven't looked into it too much. That was that was just the couple. That was just me going through the lines, and I did some research on uh, Ty, the Australian, and then I decided it was a good bet. So I placed money on that. But I haven't I haven't done too much extensive research on who I should for gambling, at least. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, I haven't heard too much about the Australian, but I have heard good things though. Like people think he's really good. But um for me personally, my bets, I'm going with like I said, I'm taking McGregor plus 120. Uh cuz I I never learn basically. <laughs> uh and then I'm taking Stephen Thompson Gilbert Burns over two and a half rounds. I think that's going to be uh, a decision fight because, you know, they're both just iron chins. They can take any punch. Uh, and same thing, you're going against Greg Hardy, but I'm taking Greg Hardy because he is just electric. All it takes is one punch, and that dude's asleep. He's done for. But he has to fight technical, which is rare for him. So 
And my last one, I kind of mentioned it, is I'm taking O'Malley by KO. Whenever the odds are posted, whatever the odds are, don't care. I'm taking it. it it's going to happen. It's decent. I might make a parlay within the on fight night. It'll t- probably include – I'll probably do McGregor just because, like <laughs> – why not you know like you said i never you know you never learn i'm the same way i'm i'm a big mcgregor fan i'll definitely include ty i really like ty because he's only 28 and greg hardy mm-hmm. is definitely older yeah and then, um he also has a tie has more experience in ufc so he's younger and has more experience like what's not to like um and then probably i don't know would it even be worth it to throw o'malley at minus 700 in a parlay like what that's that- i don't think so does would that fuck up my odds? I mean, it would maybe make you win like ten dollars more, but it's it's really not worth it because like O'Malley, he's as good as he is. You know, he does have one loss, and that one loss came from him literally beating this guy's ass, and then he slipped and like fucked up his ankle. Like he rolled, he like put all of his weight on his ankle. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, when he was on a the Pat McAfee show after his last win. Um, they're like, oh yeah, you're 13 and one. He goes 13 and 0. Yeah, he's like, exactly. What? He is. I, it was bullshit. You know, it was yeah. stupid. So. But it fucked up a lot of parlays. It fucked up a lot of parlays. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be a good a good event. I'm super hyped for this weekend. Uh, whoever comes out on top, it's gonna be the media event of the month, probably. I'm hyped to see it. For sure. That for being sure. said, it's time to round out this week's episode with some love it or loathe it. For those that don't know, this is how we end every episode usually. Uh, Love It or Loathe It is a segment where we fire off some quick topics at one another in the sports world. If we love it, we're going to stop and talk about it for a little bit. And if we loathe it, just say it and move on. And that's that. Not much going on for Love It or Loathe It, but that'll just mean it's quicker this time. Okay. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, Select AMC theaters will be showing McGregor versus Poirier 3. I love this. I don't know exactly how the money aspect of it will all work with the pay-per-view and everything like that, but I think this is an awesome opportunity for people that normally don't watch fights to maybe go out and make this an event, you know? Um, Yeah, I think it's also just a cool thing, another option to watch the fight rather than having to buy it at your house for like 60 bucks, you know? All right. Um, AMC to the moon. Um, <laughs> NBA 75th anniversary logo revealed. I loathe this. It's it's stupid. I don't. It's in a diamond. Have you seen it? No. It's literally a diamond with one side red, one side blue, with the same logo player, and then the number seventy five next to it. So, like, cool. It, it's cool, but I just think it's ugly. Um, Joey Gallo is now participating in the home run derby. Ten home runs in the past ten games. I love this. There's only one. Literally one representation of the Rangers in the All-Stars, in the All-Star game. So I know home run derby. What? Adolis. That's what I said. One. Adolis is the only one. Nah, Joey made the All-Star team. Oh, did he really? I'm pretty sure Kyle Gibson did too. I'm tripping then. I thought Adolis. I I watched like the Rangers announcements. They only announced Adolis in in their locker room. No, I'm pretty sure they got Joey and Kyle Gibson in there too. Okay, well. Anyway, I still love this, but uh, my only concern is uh, people talk about home run derbies ruining swings. So that's the only concern. Well, 
that's pretty much his swing already, so fuck it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he has power go home. Yep. All right, flipping over to you now. First up, we got Shohei Otani hits 32 homers to have the most home runs by a Japanese-born player in a single season. I love this. Um, Hideki Matsui was the had the previous record when he had 31. Um, and so now Otani beats this record, and we haven't even got to the all-star break yet. So we haven't even got to the halfway point of the season. That's so insane. he is on another fucking level right now. Um, but I just thought that was cool. Plus, it was cool to remember that Hideki Matsui existed because I really liked him as a kid. Yeah. All right, then we got... The XFL is eyeing a 2023 return. I love this. I love this again. I don't have too much to say about it. Apparently, they were going to talk about an XFL-CFL merger, but that did not come to fruition. Um, So they're going to return in 2023. I don't know a whole lot about it other than that. Oh, all right. I'm, I'm excited. I want the XFL back. So, all right. And then last but not least, we talked about a little bit last week, the new name, image, and likeness rules will allow for female athletes to absolutely rake in the money. Okay, so what we mean by this is that um, a lot of the gymnastics and volleyball girls in the NCAA um, that have high social media followings on Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that can now profit off that by actually having ads. And I never even thought about that. But I guess it goes with my initial take that this name, image, and likeness is only going to help the little guy. But now I just think that that's awesome that finally the small. this is actually a way that the smaller sports can make some real money. So that was cool. 